everybody, and welcome back to Rogue Opinions uh, with myself, Ree Saunders. And um, this is a new series, part of Rogue Opinions, where I will be looking at uh, past players, managers and teams, um, and do a little retrospective on their careers and ranking them in terms of how great they are and stuff like that. Uh, today, I'm joined by Carl Pierce and Nathan Greenway. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, hey. hey. How, how are you both? Yeah, not so bad. Carl, how yeah, are you? I'm great. Cheers, lads. Good, good. Um, so, right, I've got these two on today because the person I'm going to do this with is uh, Ryan. He, unfortunately, he's unavailable because he has children, the bane of life. And um, I, I say that working with them. And um, so, yeah, so today we're going to look on the career of arguably one of the greatest managers of all time in Sir Alex Ferguson. Way. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, I know that you two are both um, Manchester United fans. Um, where does Sir Alex Ferguson rank in, uh, in your eyes as, as a manager? He'll be, uh, he's, he's definitely the greatest Manchester United manager of all time. Without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone will have their own bias probably towards people, but He's easily the best Manchester United manager ever, and I think he's he'll be he'll certainly be up there in any com- conversation about greatest managers of all time, just based on trophy yeah. hall. I mean, yeah, I've got to agree. I think um, I mean a lot of people might say Matt Busby um, for what he did at Man United and the fact he he came back and you know when he left the first time and Matt Busby has like a massive. Uh, stamp at Manchester United but yeah for me Alex Ferguson when I was a kid um, just hearing the name and seeing Manchester United it, it, it put fear in you when you saw when you saw that you were playing Manchester United and you just go oh no we're losing this game who are we going to play next um, yeah I had so I had the pleasure of being at Alex Ferguson's last game uh, the 5-5 against Manchester well, Manchester United against West Brom I was there I was a uh, Probably the best game I've ever been to. It was amazing. Yeah, that a was a, a fair match. <laughs> when, when, when they went 5-1, we, we was all just thinking, right, how, how many is it actually going to be? And then Lukaku came on and Hattrick got, got Hattrick against you. Then Malumbu scored and we just, oh, the euphoria was amazing that match. I can't believe it's been seven years since that match. That's a good West Brom side, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it, it, it was. It was. It was our best side we've, we've ever had. We finished eighth that season, our highest ever finish in the Premier League. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and then it's been it all downhill since. Bring, bring back, bring back. Was it Pardew? You had Pardew for a bit, didn't you? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> I think he got he got passed around, didn't he? Talking about oh, greatest managers of all time. Oh. <laughs> that is, it wasn't under Fergie, but that is one of my favourite FA Cup finals. Is just because when Palace went one up, he did that stupid fucking dance, and then we won, <laughs> and then we won with ten men. <laughs> like, I, think it was, I think it was Lingard. It's the only time I've been happy to see Jesse Lingard score a goal. Oh, well, he doesn't score many. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a young talent at 26. He's young. Give him that. 
He has got a baby face, hasn't he? <laughs> I love the fact he's 26 and still classes up and comer. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit. We're not here to talk about Jesse Lingard, who I don't think ever uh, got a game under Fergie. No, because he was shit. But um, we start with uh, Alex Ferguson, so we'll 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 talk briefly about Blake's playing career. He was uh, a forward, spent all of his career in Scotland, um, playing for Dunfermline, Rangers, uh, Falkirk, just to name a few. And was quite prolific. I mean, he played 370 league games, 171 goals. That's a I think that's a fair record to have. And um, it, his bad. major he'd, career, he'd cost about 75 million these days. Yeah, he would. He was a top top goal scorer in the Scottish League in the 65-66 season, just to Mm. put it in perspective of how prolific he was. I mean, his Doug Foman record is is class. I mean, 89 games, 66 goals. Yeah, that that, that alone would get you a £75 million move to Watford these days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we... So when he he in June 1974 becomes a manager of East Stirlingshire and he was only 32 uh, at the time, which is very young for a manager. Um, and he was it was only a part time job and it was only 40 pound a week. Can you imagine that footballers only been paid 40 pound a week? A bad for less than 300 grand a week these days. Would they? <laughs> 13 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the best thing was about when he went there, they, they had no goalkeeper. And um, immediately, though, he was he got a repetition as a, a discipline, a, a man of discipline, as he showed throughout his whole career. And um, there's a, a great quote by a, a football a, a forward at the club, Bobby McCulley, and he said this: that never has he been afraid of anyone, but Alex Ferguson is a frightening bastard from the start. Well, be growing growing up on the mean streets of Glasgow. That's it, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, differentiate the mean streets from the not mean streets. Fuck knows. <laughs> you go by number of fingers. Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently, here's one of my Sir Alex Ferguson facts for you. He used to jump over walls as a boy, and he grew up in a poor area of Glasgow. I'm Again. Not. Don't don't know where the rich areas are. No. Poor area. Poor areas and poorer areas, I think. I, think I mean, by by it, poor area, it probably meant it was the furthest away from the local Lidl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But um, so he was manager of uh, East Lonesome from uh, June 1974 to October 1974. Uh, manager for 17 games. He won nine, uh, drew two and lost six. So um, a good win percentage there, 52% win percentage. Um, so, yeah, he he was approached for the St. Mirren job as he, when he was manager. Um, uh, he, he felt like a certain degree of loyalty, but he took the advice of another great manager in Jock Stein to join St. Mirren. And so in October, he joined... Uh, St Mirren and he's managed there from 74 to 78 and he he did a remarkable transformation taken from the lower half of the second division to champions of the first first division in three years there you go first league title it yeah. was it was fantastic I mean he took 
it mean like I just look at the players that like he 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 covered loads of play, like, young, young players and he's he, the average age of his league winning team was nineteen at the time and his captain was only twenty. Talk about young teams. Keep that going. <laughs> Career, wouldn't he? Because I think, as we'll find out in a second, people obviously always talk about his Manchester United accolades, and rightfully so. But yeah, he, I'd kind of forgot to look into it. He did a hell of a lot before that as well. Yeah, he Scotland did, did really well yeah. in Scotland. Me, uh, he, he was. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Aberdeen days in a minute, but um, but there is a, there's an interesting uh, distinct or well, interesting distinction about St. Mirren. They're the only club to have sacked Alex Ferguson. Yeah, there is that, isn't there? Yeah. What were they thinking? So he was sacked uh, for various breaches of contract, including unauthorised payment to players. So he was basically paying players off. He he was also counter-accused of intimidating behaviour, so being a hard... Can't believe that! (laughs) Yeah, they're already lying. This story's already unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) He was so uh, towards his office secretary because he wanted players to get some expenses tax free. Uh, he didn't speak for the six weeks. He took a keys off her and only communicated through a seventeen-year-old assistant. Seventeen-year-old <laughs> uh, assistant there, or did he just sort of bring them with him one day? <laughs> I think he just had them. But the tribunal <laughs> called Alex Ferguson petty and immature. <laughs> Surely not. No. I, and also in the tribunal, it was um, it was claimed by the Sentinel chairman at the time, Willie Todd, that he had no managerial ability at all. Oh well, <laughs> well, let's say he was proved right. Oh, he yeah. was. He, what a smart in, man! So in two thousand eight, uh, Todd, he, he had an interview with the Guardian. He said he sat Ferguson, he sat Ferguson for um, breach of contract. And also saying that Ferguson had agreed to join Aberdeen at the time. Apparently he told the staff he was going. And then he joined Aberdeen as manager in 1978. And, yeah, absolutely fantastic manager for Aberdeen. Pretty much. Yeah, he um, sort of uh, broke the uh, Celtic Rangers deadlock on the Scottish Championship, didn't he, with Aberdeen? Which is no mean feat. No, it wasn't. I mean, you look at it in his first. I mean, look at it. He in his first season, he uh, they got to semi final the Scottish Cup and the League Cup and the, the League Cup final, and the, the finish. They, they lost both matches and they finished fourth. And then in seventy nine eighty, they they lost to uh, Dundee after a replay, and Fergie took the the blame. But then in nineteen the, the nineteen seventy nine eighty season, they uh, yeah, they won the Scottish Premier League with a 5-0 win on the final day. So, absolutely fantastic. It was the first time in 15 years that the league had not been won by either Celtic or Rangers, as Paul said. Well, look at him. Just a prelude of things to come, really, wasn't it? For him. Great team that he built. He went on to obviously have further success, as you'll bring up in a second. But just look at the trophy hall now. Yeah. And they're... The first European Cup for him at Aberdeen as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So they, they, um, just reading on here, I mean, the notes I've got, um, they continued their success with the Scottish Cup again in 82. He was then offered the Wolverhampton Wanderers job. Um, ha ha, shit on the doodles. And <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, of course he turned it down because uh, he thought his, uh, the, the ambitions 
we're not even half a floor at Aberdeen, so he he expected more. And of course, as as Nathan said, in 1982-83, they qualified for the Cup Winners' Cup, and they beat uh, they beat Bayern Munich. Uh, they knocked them out, and yeah, ha. and they did, and they <laughs> and like, shit at Bayern Munich as well. Who were they? <laughs> Probably chat again. Oh, they are the choke. They are the biggest chokers in the world, aren't they? But they beat Real Madrid yeah. in the final, and yeah, they would be absolutely fantastic. The, the third Scottish team to win a European trophy. Oh, there we go. What guy? And then, and then he won the Super Cup. Nice. Uh, so yeah, beating Hamburg, the reigning European Cup champions, and then they retained the Scottish Cup with a victory over Rangers. So basically, it's just Scottish trophy after trophy after trophy. But then, but after doing all this, he wasn't happy with the players. In the final against Rangers, he uh, he said it was a disgraceful performance. Uh, he did take that statement back, but at the time, he, he, he wasn't he wasn't happy, which just shows how much of a how much of a perfectionist he was. Yeah, I think in the interview he said it's probably because they played and beat Real Madrid. He was expecting to tear. Uh, tear Rangers apart, which was a, which he's admitted was perhaps a bit unrealistic. Yeah, and then uh, they started the eighty four eighty three season, not, not the best, it was substart, uh, a substandard start, but they, of course, they won the league and they won the Scottish Cup again, after which uh, Alex Ferguson was appointed uh, an officer of the British Empire, so he was given an OBE in the eighty five uh, eighty five New Year's honours. And he was yeah. also offered the Rangers jobs, the Rangers job and the Arsenal job during that season. Oh. Uh, the following season, again, they won the, they won the league title. Uh, but in 85-86, they finished fourth, although they did win both domestic cups. Um, and also he'd been appointed to the club's board of directors in 86. Well, so Aberdeen, he was on the board. And he told the, the, he told the chairman that he wanted to leave that summer. Yeah. That's quite oh, interesting. Right. That's, yeah, it's yeah. time to move on. Obviously, felt his time was done. But... I mean, you know, it, it, at the same time, he was part of the, the national team, the Scottish national team as well. He was part of, for the for the qualifier for the '86 World Cup. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah, he sort of took over from Jack Stein, didn't he? Because Jack Stein, yeah, didn't he pass away? And he uh, took his took over as manager just for a brief period, didn't he? Yeah, he took he took charge uh, against Australia, and then uh, he took charge took charge of the World Cup. Um, so he had a co-manager at Aberdeen in the form of Archie Knox, um, but Scotland didn't get past the group stages, and, and Fergie stepped down, uh, Scotland manager, and he was yeah, offered. He was good, but he couldn't work miracles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you trying to say, Carl? Scotland aren't good at football. Um. Uh, well. They're not the best, are they? Let's face it. But nor are England these days. Hey, hey, hey. Semi-finals of the World Cup and Nations League. Thank you very much. Nor are England, sorry. Just at time of recording, England have just won two qualifiers. In a no, darling. England are, are much improved. Um, I am going to put this out of them. We made, we made Kosovo look really good. <laughs> Kosovo are it. Kosovo haven't lost for two years. Yeah, but we yeah, made Kosovo got... look They've got quite a few points actually in that um, qualifier. Yeah, they've been winning. They've been winning games. They've been winning games. Yeah, let's get yeah. well, Let's be honest. Our qualifying group is piss easy. Oh yeah, but still, we've got you got to 
beat who's in front of you. Exactly. Oh, oh, all right, Jesus. Carl's not happy. Oh. Though. We could have just won the World Cup and Carl be like, oh, it was just a bit average today, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, what a bit, yeah. Everybody was average, that's why England won it. We um, only got to we only got to the semi finals because we had shite opposition until the and then when we got someone good in the semis we got beat like normal. And uh, whoa whoa hang on oh I won't have that. I think we 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 played we played very well against Croatia. Yeah, it can only it can only be who's in front of you, Carl. Those good teams like Spain <laughs> and everyone didn't even fucking get there. Germany. No, they didn't Where were they? Germany didn't even get out of their pissing group, did they? No, they definitely bottom of their group. The reigning Champions League, and also Cole. Where were where were Italy? Where were Holland at this World Cup? Yeah, they didn't even qualify. Yeah, Yeah, Cole. Even worse than us. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) boy. Right, but back back to Alex Ferguson. So, so around about nineteen eighty six, he was offered the Tottenham job, uh, but he turned it down. And it went to and then David Pleat took over. Uh, then there was an offer to replace Don Howe as also manager, but then of course George Graham took over. And then yeah, it, it happened. In ninety in nine, the sixth of November nineteen eighty six, Sir Alex well Alex Ferguson was appointed manager of Manchester United. Greatest decision ever made. Oh well, well, we'll we'll get we'll 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 get into it now. So we look at he was he was worried that the players such as I'm going to say his name Paul McGrath were drinking too much. What? That does not sound right. No, it's not just football in the eighties. Paul McGrath. So when he took over, Man United were 21st. They were second from bottom, and by the end, by the end of the end of the season, they were 11th, which showed he had a massive uh, a massive uh, influence on them. But I do have a question for you two. But you are both Manchester United fans. Uh, without looking, who was Alex Ferguson's first game in charge against? Sheffield. Oh fuck! It was one of them. It was away at Sheffield, and he lost. Yes. Was oh, it Oxford? It was shit. Well, 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 oh, well, first league Oxford United. Yeah, oh, he lost. Yeah, he lost 2-0 and then the following what week. What was his first they, league uh, game? His first league game was it was his first game in charge was 2-0 defeat at Oxford United. And then and, a, and then a goal was draw at Norwich and then he got his first win at home a 1-0 against QPR. Ah, uh, just to, just to track back. Uh First Premier League match in charge away at Sheffield United. Oh, uh, uh, see, I said first game in charge. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Premier I'm Premier sorry. League haven't even been invented yet. Oh, Cole, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't. You, you call a World Cup semi final not good? <laughs> <laughs> it isn't when your team don't win. Um. But yeah, he only in his first season he only won one away game, and that was against Liverpool on Boxing Day. Ah, there's uh, losers. So yeah, losers. <laughs> so nineteen eighty seven again with a four 0 victory over Newcastle, and they started to pull it together in the second half. But they, you know, they they had defeats on the way and said they finished eleventh. Um, after but three weeks after his appointment, uh, his mother died of lung cancer at sixty at sixty four. 
so, you know, uh, Euphoria take over Man United and then, uh, of course, lose his mom, which is a, a, a very sad uh, time. And then he appointed his assistant at Aberdeen, Archie Knox, uh, in 1986 at Man United. But in the 1987-88 season, he made several signings. Uh, Steve Bruce, uh, Viv Anderson, Brian McClare, Jim Layton, just to name a few. And that season, Man United for his second. A massive improvement on the season before. Um, but, of course, they finished second to, to Liverpool. And li- li- Liverpool was so much more advanced at this stage than Man United were. So, yeah. Uh, bit, bit like yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, then during the season, Man United played two friendly matches in Bermuda. They played against the Bermuda national team and the Somerset Cricket Club. Oh, to, which he, to, to, to which Ferguson played in those games, and it was his only appearance for the Manchester United first team. All oh, right, there you go. That's did, what I didn't know. Did, did you know that? No, didn't. Oh, no, I didn't. See, um, then Mark Hughes joined uh, back from, back from Barcelona in eight 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 nine season, and again a very disappointing season, finishing eleventh. So you look at it, after having a successful start at Aberdeen, he didn't really have a very good start at Manchester United. Oh, I don't know. Well, well second was pretty good. Took over, but... a, took over a side I, that was twenty first. True, but then you look at it. The, the next, I mean, they finished second the season after, but again, they were they, they were really far off Liverpool, and then the season after, they finished eleventh yeah, again. That's not that's not great. I mean, and then, it's. These days, he'd have been sacked probably after, oh, God, after yeah. that season easily. Yeah, I mean, oh, go to that, that season. He went on. They went on a, a nine-match winless run. So imagine, imagine that today, Man United going on a nine-match winless run. You would be sacked. You're yeah, never at the end of it either. No, but yeah. hang on a minute. Didn't didn't, didn't Solskjaer go on a run like that? Uh, I mean, he he. Won like eight or nine in a row, didn't he? <laughs> Start off with, and then yeah. Uh, I mean, it yeah. could be worse. You could have been a stable Premier League side and then be stuck in the Championship with a lot of shite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! But remember but, uh, before we started recording, uh, Reese was like, "Oh, eight for our highest ever finish." Well, maybe that was on the recording. But now look at you. Where are you now? We are. Literally, I don't know. We're fourth, we're fourth in the championship. Thank you very much. There you go, you say, Dave. We are. That's a real achievement. Are, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And we're unbeaten. Oh, wow. Don't get a nosebleed up that high. I got a minute. Oh, I was there. I was there at Old Trafford when we beat Man United. That was a good game, that was. Oh, I remember that. Nice. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was there. I was I was there when Ber- Sider Berahino scored. That's that, that's how long ago he was. Yeah. Good God. And, Morgan, that was a long time ago. and, and, and I was there the year Morgan Amal sat David De Gea down. Oh wow. I mean <laughs> I don't think we were a HD TV back then. <laughs> <laughs> oh assholes. Um but for the back back to back to folks, they're not taking a piss out of the album. Um, for the eighty nine ninety season, again he signed um, big players or large money on big players like Neil Webb, Mike Phelan, Paul Ince, and Pallister and uh, Danny Wallace, and they started really well. They, they 
they, they beat uh, the reigning champions Arsenal 4-1 and then from there it just soured big time they lost 5-1 to Man City away uh, they, they um, were in the run of six defeats and two draws in eight games and this is where fans were calling for Alex Ferguson to be sacked well, the 89-90 season Fans were calling for a folks to be sacked. There was banners going around saying... Uh, ah, we three. won the FA Cup. I know. Uh, <laughs> See, I genuinely think this was... The, he, the FA Cup saved him. A lot yeah, of people do say yeah, that. People have said that before. If that's the case, he owes his career at Man United to Mark Robbins, who scored oh, the we goal. All, we all got them to the final. To Mark Robbins. Oh, Mark Robbins is amazing. So yeah, so they said they won the FA Cup. Who did they beat in the FA Cup final? Crystal Palace. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, three three in the first match, and the one nil in the final replay. Yeah, they used to have final replays back in those days. Oh, I went alive for that. Neither was I. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after after winning this, Man United's league form improved in 1990-91. They finished sixth that season. They beat Arsenal six two at, at Highbury, but then they lost uh, inconsistent again, losing two one to, to Sunderland, and then getting hammered by Liverpool. Um, and then they had a two 0 home defeat at Everton in early March, and this was the game where. Ryan Giggs made his debut for Manchester United. Oh, go on, Ryan. So he was 17. He made, his de- he made his senior debut for Man United against Everton when they lost 2-0. Oh. Well, Just to start somewhere, good. I guess. Yeah, I know. Start. I mean, the 1991 season as well, didn't we? We won a nice European trophy as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah it was. So you, you lost, I mean, even though you lost to uh, Sheffield Wednesday in the League Cup final, you did beat Barcelona 2-1. And it's oh, Manchester United. Same sort of achievement, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That adds up. It was pretty decent, beating Barcelona. Uh, and then Alex Ferguson, after beating Barcelona, he found that Man United would win the league the following season. And, uh, yeah, so after 91, Archie Knox left to become assistant to, to Walt Smith at Rangers. And Brian Kidd was appointed... Uh, as assistant manager in his place and he made two uh, for me one massive signing and one you know he was a good player but you know wasn't amazing the goalkeeper Peter Schmeichel and Paul Parker never heard of that goalkeeper I don't think he well to do much to do only his son plays (laughs) (laughs) and then you had Ryan Giggs were promoted to the first team Lee Sharp as well uh, he also brought in Andre Kinchalskis as well. Good player. And but player. Ag- again, they didn't win the league title. They won. I mean, they did win two trophies. They won the, the league cup and they won the super cup, but they lost to Leeds um, uh, in the league after leading the table for a long time. Uh, they did try to sign Mick Harder for the loot and he said that that cost Man United the title. So again, he hadn't won the title now in five years at Manchester United. Yeah, just couldn't um, quite 
find the missing link we needed. An interesting fact about Andre Konchelskis, he was the first player to score in a old firm derby, a Merseyside derby and a Manchester derby. I don't know if anyone's done it since, but he was I've, the first person to have that distinction. I have, I never knew that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, well done him. Big props. I know he's a big fan, um, so shout out to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, during the 92 close season, he tried to sign uh, Alan Shearer. Of course, he went to uh, he went to Blackburn. He also tried to sign uh, Sheffield Wednesday striker David Hurst, but Trevor Francis said no. So, in the end, they paid £1 million for Cambridge United striker Dion Dublin. That was his only major sign in that season. What a legend. Donkey did no. Dublin. That's uh, the, 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 so it's the only story I have from like Man United with Dion Dublin is the fact that Alex Ferguson I think walked into the changing room and said Dion Dublin's got a massive cock. <laughs> well, what, what guy? He's known for that. Oh, he, he, he made the, um, is he the guy that made the juice? That he drum. Made the yes. Yes. Yeah, and he hosts all those home improvement shows. Yeah, he's uh, yes. under the hammer. Under the hammer. Cool, yes. Man. Um, oh, I, don't know, I, I don't know what else he did. I do have a story regarding, and, and um, this is made me think of the story. Um, it, uh, we're going to segue from we're going to football to wrestling at the moment. I went to go see Goldust live, um, the ITR shows, and um, Goldust told us a story. Uh, he goes into the he goes into the locker room, and Virgil is standing there with his cock hanging out, and he said, "The only way I could describe it is a baby's arm holding an apple." There <laughs> we go, there, guys. That's what you came for. Um, Virgil has a massive cough. Yeah. Um, we we'll well, need something, don't we? Because he certainly doesn't have anything. Oh, you else. do. Um, no, but um, after a slow start to the, the 92 93 season, obviously the first season of the Premier League, Man United were 10th, and they purchased. Um, a little-known French striker from Leeds. Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, what's his, what's his name? Oh, Eric Cantona. That's the man. Cantona. Oh, absolute legend. Arguably the man who kick-started Alex Ferguson's dominance for me. He was definitely a catalyst. He, he definitely, definitely. seemed to yeah, easily. add that. He added that something we were missing. He did. I mean, you look at him and him and Mark Hughes had a, a fantastic partnership. Uh, United was second in their face, Sheffield Wednesday at home. This was in the 10th of April, 93. Uh, so, four minutes ago, and Steve Bruce equalised. And there was um, seven minutes of injury time. And we, there was a, a fantastic um, thing put towards it called Fergie time. Yeah, we've never escaped that either. Every time, no. over time, extra time goes a tad bit longer than people think it should. That's it's still coined as Fergie time, isn't it? Would you guys like yeah. a fact about Fergie time? Yeah, I would go like on. Yes. <laughs> Fergie time is 79 seconds. Fergie time is a widely held belief by supporters of other teams that if Manchester United are losing after 90 minutes, the referee will extend injury time long enough for them to equalise or win. Last year... I don't know what year this was written. The BBC analysed Fergie time. It found that Manchester United were not unique in being given extra injury time when they were losing, although it appeared they got more than other teams. 
games went on 79 seconds longer when Manchester United were losing than winning. Man, Man United's towering achievement, securing the treble with victory in the 1999 European Champions League. Spoilers, by the way. Uh, was achieved in Fergie time when they reversed a Bayern Munich. <laughs> That's so funny. Lead by scoring two goals after the 90th minute. So the ch- uh, that, that's, that, that, that's a great. I, I never knew that it was. Uh, I always thought it was longer than that. I was sort of like next like minute and two minutes or something like that. Not not a minute and ten seconds. <laughs> that's an official but, BBC stamp. Yeah, but this uh, when when Steve Bruce scored the ninety-seven minute header, it, it put Man United top of the league, and it um, they won the title. Of course, uh, ending a twenty-six year wait for a title, and. It was the first of many, as we know. Alex Ferguson what, is a 13-time Premier League champion. Means Pretty impressive. More than anyone else has uh, won a league title. Yeah, so is it? It's not bad. No, no one comes close today. I, I think, what, what is it? What? Wenger won three. Mourinho's won four. Three or four? Yeah. Four. four or five, I think. Four. Four. It's four because he did that thing when he was with us, when he was holding up four fingers, wasn't it? And he was like, that's how many titles I've won. Well, do you win you, four with Chelsea? I don't know. That's what he did. Unless he was talking about Champions Leagues. How many Champions Leagues? Maybe, maybe. But we move on to the next season. It brought, again, more success Man United. They brought in uh, Roy Keane. <laughs> we'll get on to him later. Um, so basically, they led from start to finish. They won. They of course they won the double this year, um, but they did lose the League Cup final to uh, Aston Villa. But they beat Chelsea four 0 in the um, FA Cup final. Uh, then they made they made one sign that season. That was David May. Ninety four ninety five was a tough season for folks, and the um, Cantona, of course, a come through kicking Crystal Crystal Palace player. Um, when we got an eight-month ban, and we got um, also the seagulls. It wasn't a player. It, was a, it wasn't a player. It was a fan. No, no, I was going to say yeah, I said supporter. Um, he also, I mean, look at it, we got that fantastic uh, promo about seagull and trawlers. Yeah, it was genius. I mean, all um, the media, all the media. It was so funny seeing the media because they just didn't know what to make of it at all. Have you, have, you, have you two seen his, 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 he did one at the UEFA Player of the Year tournament, the awards thing? Um, if you haven't watched it, just go watch it. It's hilarious. That, that, it's, Ronaldo, you've got Ronaldo, Messi and Van Dijk just sitting next to each other going, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> that is funny. Um, um. And then... And then, uh, but on the bright side of the seat, well, uh, Canton are doing this. They did sign Andy Cole for £7 million. Yeah. And that was a world record. That was a record fee at the time as well. That's it was a British bad. record of £7 million. Uh, And then Keith Gillespie going the other way. Who got the better end of that deal? Newcastle mm, or Manchester? I'm not too sure. <laughs> Andy Cole or Keith Gillespie? Who would I rather have in my team? At the time, there was a bit of uproar about us letting uh, Keith Gillespie go the other way, actually. Was there? What, 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 mm. what, what, what was it then? Well, they, you no, know, he was regarded as... Pay more to them. 
for him to take him. <laughs> no, he was he was regarded as quite a decent player up until that point, but uh, it would only be later when all his like gambling problems and that sort of yes. came to a head. Yeah. Well, and also this season was also the breakthrough of Gary Neville, Nicky Butt, and Paul Scholes. Uh, that was their breakthrough season. However, Man United did lose the title, of course, to uh, to Blackburn. Yeah. Um, and lost the FA Cup final to Everton 1-0, if uh, I remember correctly, because I I watched that final, the first my first FA Cup final that that was. Oh wow! This is where this is where I really started um, getting into football. I'd I'd watched um, the World Cup USA '94, um, and that really got me into football. And then I started watching because it was a bit more on terrestrial TV then in them days. So I was watching a bit more uh, Premier League FA Cup uh, action and got into supporting Man United because they were the, the team most regularly featured and, in my view, playing the best football. Nice. No, um, so, yeah, of course, in 95, he sold um, Paul Lutz to Inter um, for £7.5 He sold Mark Hughes as well to Chelsea and also Kachalskis was sold to Everton. Um but then he had, uh, Ferguson said that he had a number of young players who were ready to play in the first team. Of course, these included Gary Neville, as I've said, Phil Neville, David Beckham. I wonder what happened to Paul, what David Beckham. Paul Scholes and Nicky Butt. And it, when they lost 3-1 against Aston Villa, it got, uh, it, Alan Hansen probably said, one of the greatest lines ever, you can't win anything with kids. Not the smartest thing Alan Hansen's ever said. No, but there was there was a lot of sort. Of, it was a big gamble, and you know, being a fan at the time and watching the match of the day and the news and that, a lot of people were a bit confused and worried that he'd sold three of his best players and um, not brought not bought anybody in to replace them. I mean, no one really expected Beckham and Skulls and that to be so good, and yeah, there was quite a lot of what's he doing. <laughs> Um, so, so, yeah, that prompted uh, Alan Hansen to come out with arguably one of the best lines ever by saying you can't win anything with kids. Um, to which Man United responded by winning the next five matches and then Cantona, of course, came back. Do you think Alan Hansen regrets that comment at all? He must do. No. He's in, it's, he it's infamous. It's infamous with him, though, isn't it? I think it, it on the surface, it looks stupid because they went on to win so much and do so much. Uh, I mean, he wasn't wrong. Yeah, like, I mean, at the time, I doubt, I doubt anyone. There's probably loads of people who are like, "Yeah, he's right, you can't win it," and then they won it. They're like, "Oh, that's so stupid." It's like a lot of people only say it, say that because we know how wrong he was. But I don't know. It, it's it, it's lived with him forever, and it kept him relevant. That's true. 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 It did. It did keep him relevant. Yeah. I think, uh, as you said, I think if you thought, if you could. Could say, oh yeah, these kids are going to win—they're going to win eleven Premier League titles. They're going to win the Champions League, countless trophies. You just go, sure, mate. He just said what he said. What everyone was thinking, as I said before, in in my last ramble, you know, people were baffled. He he let those players go and didn't buy in any replacements. So yeah, he he just said what everyone everyone was thinking. Isn't there a funny? There's a funny. um, It's basically a funny overlap with what. Solskjaer has done now because he cleared out yeah. a lot of the old uh, trash and he's trusting 
uh, and he's bought what twenty twenty one year old Dan yeah. James. He's bought how old Spisaka twenty I think or twenty one as well. Something like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah one one is per- twenty. Yeah. Scott McTominay is a starting midfielder. He's trusting Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood up front, and people and uh, Luke Luke Shaw's not even an old himself. I think he must be twenty three, twenty four, and uh, yeah, although he's very experienced, very very experienced for his age, um, he's still early to early mid 20s and um yeah so there's a funny and then players like tahif shong angel gomez and players like that getting the shot and it's funny how it's all sort of come around again potentially well very potentially not that it's going to happen this level yeah i i I don't think i don't think anyone anywhere will able to get the class of 92 Uh, not get but recreate the class of 92 it's just I know, it's, ne- it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that that many players coming through the E system at once uh, of that quality as well. I think I think the only team that could probably do that is is Barcelona. I mean, Barcelona have done it year after year after year consistently. Bring, I mean, they've got they've got a sixteen year old in their first team at the moment, and he's he he looks so good, so more, yeah. so beyond, so much beyond his years. But then uh, this season, so the ninety five ninety six season. Um, they were trailing by 27th December. They were trailing Newcastle by 12 points, and Keegan and Ferguson made uh, a comment to which Kevin Keegan, oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, I remember this. This is like this is another infamous uh, comment. Yeah, well, basically, I'll love it. I'll love it if we beat them. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, that scene for me. Watching, so I've watched like it, you know, like a, a highlight of that season. This season was amazing. Yeah, it was just, just great eventful, isn't it? it? It's just, it's that, it's that comment by Keegan, and then that game against Liverpool. Stunning. Was that was that yeah, the that, year where it was the um, was that the Collymore one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, but Collymore coming. To which I may not go to Middlesbrough and they beat they they, they won the title there. Yeah. And then they also and then they also beat Liverpool in the ninety six uh, final so there, another double Frank Ferguson. And then after a week after the final he agreed another four year deal. They and then they just went on an absolute rampage winning everything. In the, they've won everything in the the, the, the UK, I mean England. They were just superb. From this yeah, time period, I mean, no one, no one came near them. It was just uh, a 97-98 season, wasn't it? Yeah, when uh, when um, Wenger came in, and yeah, yeah. just it, I think that's what it was. I think you look at Ferguson. I mean, look at Alex Ferguson's had a lot of rivalries in the Premier League over the years. I mean, Wenger's one of them. Mourinho, um, he had me Dalglish, Keegan. Um, yeah, he had a few, but other than kind I, of Wenger, none I, of the rest stuck around. I think I think Mourinho, I think Mourinho got the better of him more than I think Ferguson likes to admit. He did struggle against that Chelsea side, and then yeah, um, there's that Porto, again, the Champions League. And, yeah, that Porto defeat wasn't there that um, yeah. was a major disappointment at the time. Yeah, I mean, you look at. Man United. I mean, who would have thought that Porto would be Man United at that time? Nobody no. did. No one. No, no. We needed to beat them to progress from the group, and 
Yeah, they beat us, and we didn't even get out of group that year, which is yeah. pretty yeah. pretty low. It took us a while. It took us, you know, even though we were dominating in domestically, it did take us a while to really find our feet in Europe. Um, the lifting of the, because um, I don't know um, if you remember this, guys, because it might be a bit before your time, but they did have like a. Um, a cap on foreigners you could play in the Champions League. I think it was you only allowed three foreign players or non-English players, where a lot of our players, even though we're from the British Isles, like Ryan Giggs um, and a couple of Irishmen like uh, Dennis Irwin. Um, so, and of course, Cantona. So we had to pick and choose who we could play. And quite often, like the likes of Peter Schmeichel would have to get left out, and that didn't that didn't help us. In the year, the years of qualifying for the um, Champions League, I mean, you look at that. I think that's one of the things with Ferguson: the fact he didn't have. I mean, yeah, granted, he won two Champions Leagues with Man United, um, but I think could that be a regret that he didn't win more? Definitely, in Europe yeah. With Man United? He has, I he think, has, he has openly said that he, he should have won. Yeah, should have won more. I mean. I was going to the 97 season. Um, Alex Ferguson, after Arsenal won the title, congratulated him. And he, he said this, I think it's, uh, he, he said the, um, this about them. I think it's good for my young players to lose on this occasion. I wholeheartedly acknowledge what Arsenal achieved between Christmas and the end of, uh, end of the season. Basically, he acknowledged that Arsenal then got the better of him. And so he then buys Japstab for 10, $10.75 million. And then goes after uh, Dwight York, which he signed him for 12, 12.6 million. So two, two fantastic players at Manchester United. Yeah, he, uh, Dwight York, unfortunately, did fall off a bit of a cliff after a couple of seasons. But he, yeah. he, wasn't, he was amazing, especially for that 1998-99 uh, season. And just to go back to Arsenal, I mean, Wenger did, you know... He, did build an incredible team, you know. They they already had Burkamp and he bought in the likes of Overmars and was it Petit at, at that time? And yeah, you know, some he, really really good players. I think I think Benga said to the Arsenal board he wouldn't take the job unless they signed Petit and Overmars, and um, they did. Vieira, of course, and Vieira. Yeah. I mean, you, you just look at that. Look at that team. I mean, look at it. Arsenal versus Man United in the late nineties, early two thousands was the game. It was bigger than it was bigger than the El Clasico. Uh, bigger than Madrid versus Barca. It was bigger than Liverpool Everton. It was the biggest game in world football. Yeah, pretty much for yeah. a good few years. Mm. When yeah. were, Arsenal were building towards that invincible side. Yeah, uh, we saw we saw what happened. We had the Roy Keane Vieira bust up in the yeah, tunnels. Yeah, I was going to say you had. <laughs> Van Nistelrooy and uh, was it not was it Tony Adams or was it Martin Keown? Who was, was it? Ran up to Keown, yeah. ran up after the penalty in that game that where we where we battered them scoreline, but I think they both sides battered each other physically. <laughs> but you had that um, great rivalry. Yeah, and I think things like you look at Ferguson saw every rivalry off. That that was the thing he did. As I say, he saw off. He saw off Enger. He saw off. Uh, well, not really saw off Mourinho. Mourinho got sacked. Mourinho saw off Mourinho. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people thought we were doomed when um, Chelsea brought in Andrei, Andrei Shevchenko and Michael Ballack, but um, that seemed to unsettle the, the Chelsea side more than anything, and that's sort of uh, 
and we we won that year and everyone thought oh no you know Chelsea are just buying all these top players and uh, they're going to dominate but uh, that think, didn't happen I think Shevchenko when he joined Shevchenko was a uh, I think shadow. he was yeah I think he was done by then I think he was bought because he was mates with um, Abramovich yeah. um then we, we get on to arguably well not arguably probably the, the best season ever in Manchester United's history um, the 1988-99 season. I mean, you could do a whole podcast on this season alone. You could, to be honest, you really could. So, I think I think we'll just we'll just break it down into um, we'll break it down into little pieces. McLaren, Steve McLaren was appointed as a assistant manager then. Um, then they, you know, of course they they won the league, won the uh, FA Cup, and then we get to. Um, the final in Barcelona. Carl, did you watch this live? I certainly did. I mean, I know we, we touched on it previously last uh, in our last uh, last podcast when we spoke about great comebacks, but I think we can go into depth now. I think with it, what was it like as a fan watching it? Torture, absolute torture. But it wasn't just that game as well. I mean, the, uh, I just I want to go back a, a few matches if that's. All right, because um, there's the Juventus game where it ended one all at Old Trafford. Juventus having the away goal, and then within 11 minutes, we were two 0 down um, in Turin. So it looked like you know even the final, you know, we weren't even going to make the final again. And somehow, you know, perhaps his greatest performance, Roy Keane, he he dragged us back into that match, and we managed to beat Juventus. Uh, Three to uh, you know, three to uh, at their place away, and we got to the final. And then, you know, before that, uh, before the final, we had that um, semi-final replay against um, Arsenal, where we had a goal ahead, they equalised, and then they got a penalty in the last minute. And I remember going down because I was watching upstairs in my room, and I was going down because. Uh, to the, to the living room to meet mum and dad and sons of tears they've got a penalty they're going to win in the last minute and somehow Michael managed to save it and it was jubilation again and then Keane got sent off and it was like oh shit we're down to 10 men captain's <laughs> off with, with you know it's, it's going to go pear shaped and then next thing you know Ryan Giggs turned into Diego Maradona and scored one of the, the greatest goals I've ever seen in my life <laughs> You just seem to run through the whole Arsenal back line, the likes of Adams and Keogh, you just couldn't get near him, and he smashed it into the net, and it was just like absolutely crazy jubilation. The other thing that's worth noting about the Champions League, so I know you've moved on, is that it wasn't the Champions League where every second place made it through to the next round. Uh, and we Manchester United only got through as one of the highest-ranked um second places in their groups. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it went straight to quarterfinals back then. So it was the top six from the group, every group winner, and there were six groups. And then there was two runners-up, and it was us and Real Madrid. And our group for that was Bayern Munich, who we obviously went on to beat in the final, us, Barcelona, um, and then Bromby. And, uh, yeah, we got us and Real Madrid got through as runners up in that. So we very nearly even didn't even qualify for the quarterfinals. Yeah, actually, I didn't, I didn't know that about the only the top 
to uh, runners up qualify yeah, back then. I'd, for, I'd forgotten that actually. There was no That's round of point. 16 back then. I mean, um, uh, for, for me, for, for me, the Champions League I, I should just be for the champions. I, I've, I've said that for, for ages oh, to, a, to my friends. It's a, like a different podcast entirely. Yeah. I know, I know. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> but, um, we'll, we'll carry on. Um, but then you, you're looking at, um, we get to the final against, like I said, against, Bas, uh, against Bayern Munich in other new camp. Um, Man United go down. 1-0 to Mario Bassler's free kick. And then Terry Sheridan comes on for uh, Bromquist scores in the first minute of additional time. And there's a, there's a great um, quote here by Steve McLaren and Ferguson. Ferguson told, McLaren told Ferguson to get team organised extra time. Uh, Steve McLaren thought the game was over. To which then uh, Ferguson turned over and said, Steve, the game isn't finished yet. And then three minutes into added time, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer scores the winner. And yeah, absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I I I was too young to watch to witness it, but I'm watching it back. I mean, I watched it live with my dad. Sorry to cut you off. And when um, when we got the equaliser, my dad just looked at me and said, "You're going to win now." And you, when you watch the screen and you saw the reactions of Bayern Munich players, I knew my dad was right. They they just. You know, they had it in the bag and that goal just killed, that equaliser killed them. It really did. Yeah, it did. I mean, I mean, you look at it, um, I mean, watching it back, even I get goosebumps watching it. I'm, I'm, not Man- I'm not a Manchester United fan and you can't help but get goosebumps watching it. It's a bit like the Liverpool one when um, Dudek saves a penalty and uh, you kind of feel um, adulation or when Drogba scores the, the header for Chelsea. Uh, against um, Bayern Munich, uh, you can't help but feel, oh God, we can do it, you can do it, you can do it. But after win- after winning the uh, after winning the Champions League, he, he just says, "Folks, come up this quote: I can't believe it, I can't believe it. Football, bloody hell! But they never gave it, and that's what and that's what won it. The tenacity that he, the tenacity that he shows, pass on to his players, and the fact that they uh, they um, they they." install that upon themselves I don't know if Nathan will agree but it's something you don't see enough of since Ferguson left that belief that we can still win no matter what the situation is he, you know, a bit later on when we're 3-0 down to Tottenham at half time and we came out and win, won 5-3 in the end uh, you, you know United just never seemed to know when they were beaten and you see glimpses of it here and there since he left but it's not it's not the same is it I think you see it there every now and then uh, we saw it when we went when we went in at half time 2-0 down to City last yeah, season and then yeah. we ended up winning yeah. 3-2 but it's one yeah. of, it's, as you say it's once in a blue moon um, that's something that's definitely gone like I mean I still get it as a fan if I'm not able if I'm not able to watch the game sometimes, if it's like a three o'clock kickoff or something, and I'm watching soccer Saturday, or if I'm just checking my phone whilst I'm out of the live scores, and it goes to extra time, I still do think, oh, come on, it's United. We're going to score mm. another last-minute goal. But it's, it's fleeting at I this mean, point. Back in it's, the Fergie days, the football, yeah. The football's different. It doesn't... You don't, you don't really see those late comebacks very often anymore. No, I it mean... Doesn't, 
in the Fergie it days, so it, it was almost expected that we'd make a comeback, especially if it was only a goal, in it? And you got into extra time, and you could you could sort yeah. you could sense the you could sense the panic in the opposition. I think it is. Um, there's something there in the way Solskjaer makes his substitutions. I think it, it could happen again because he is. He goes very attacking in his substitutions. Yeah, he stuck like Dan he James will on a chuck couple of on. times. Yeah, now Dan James is starting, and he, he's just amazing. He even scored scored for Wales again. I mean, we, we possibly could have uh, turned it around against Crystal Palace, but we left ourselves too exposed, didn't we, at the back? And it just went a bit peak tongue. Well, no one expects... No one expects a sudden David De Gea cock up, do they? No, that's <laughs> oh, God, that that's shocking to, to go from arguably what two years ago the best goalkeeper in the world to now. Uh, he's a, a bit. Keeper. He's a bit all over yeah. the place, isn't he? But oh well. Yeah. One other, one other interesting thing to talk about Manchester United because I just got the groups up for the Champions League for the 98-99 season. We scored 20 goals in the group. Both of them, I guess, Bromby, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We scored 20 goals, but, I mean, we conceded 11 still. We still ended up coming second to Bayern Munich, but we had to give them a chance, didn't we? Mm. And um, false sense of security, we knew. And um, But 20 goals in six games, we drew four of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell was going on? But, yeah, we did score. We scored 11 against Bromby over um, two but- games. That's probably what helped to... us eat, uh, squeak crew, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But actually, to go back to your point regarding like, Manchester United he, and also the like goal stuff like that, it just doesn't feel like it's Manchester United you're watching anymore. I mean, as I said earlier, when I was a kid and I went to the football and I saw I oh, were playing Man United, I was terrified, going, oh, no, here we go, we're playing Manchester United today, we're going to lose. And, and now it's, I don't know, it feels like it's too easy to play against Manchester United. It, they're not. I know they're not a Man United of old. They never will be the Man United of old. But you just want. Yeah, well, um, you, you want passion. You've got to you let someone build passion. a team, and they've got to be able to build a team that they want to be there. That all want to be there. That all want to work together. And I think we've bought too much crap. Um, like there's some like. Damien, I'm sure Damien's a lovely guy, but what the hell was he doing there? And how did he last like five years before someone got rid of him or however long he was there for? Would Ander Herrera, who couldn't wait to jump out and go to PSG and be injured all the time and still not played a game for them? Well done, Ander. And um, everything like that. And there's just got players like Lukaku, who again's great, but he kicks up a stink every five minutes. Alexis Sanchez, who... Good luck to him. I just, he just couldn't stay fit, couldn't stay healthy, but hopefully those two do do well at Inter and players. But there's too much crap has been bought, and there's too many players that are never healthy as well, like yeah. Rojo was still there, but he never plays because he's never fit. And it's what's just bad, it's bad buying. What, 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 what's your stance of Paul Pogba? <laughs> He's an I don't incredible think... player on his day, but when he wants to, day, when he wants to perform, when he wants to perform, but I don't think his heart's in a United anymore. I mean, I didn't watch the game against Southampton because uh, I had to work, but I didn't. Oh, he was, um, um, he was giving the ball away. He was giving the ball away. He was giving the ball away. 
They had two men on him, though, to be fair. And yeah. then, um, so I let but, him off a wee, set, a wee bit. But no, I, don't, I, know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's, about... he's fine. He's fine. I mean, you spoke about the, the City game last year. I mean, you look at that. That was, for me, that was Paul Pogba at his finest. That was Paul Pogba inspired. When he come out and he, I mean, you won three two and Paul Pogba got, got two goals. He looked incredible in that game and he has, and he hasn't replicated since. And also, when he plays for France, as well, France plays through Paul Pogba. But we're not here to talk about Paul Pogba. Yes. <laughs> back to back to um, Alex Ferguson and we got um, when they oh after winning the Champions League they got invited to the uh, the club the club World Cup. And they uh, they withdrew from the FA Cup. They were the first holders to ever withdraw from the um, yeah that that caused from the FA Cup that caused the right so for all that did it really it did. did. I mean, Ferguson said it. We did it to help England's World Cup bid. It was a political situation. He regretted it because we got nothing but stick and terrible criticism for not being the FA Cup when really it wasn't our fault. And it's a, it's a problem now as well with it. With me, Liverpool are going to have it when they when they travel to wherever it is this year, and they're going to miss games in the Premier League, and then they've got to play. They've got to catch up with it also in the Champions League and stuff like that as well. Um, so you do feel you, you do feel for him in that sense. I mean, Ferguson wasn't really prolific in the FA Cup, though, was he? For, for Manchester United, not that I'm aware of. I won it a few times. Uh, yeah, Four or five, it. I think. Five, five times. Five times. Yeah, that's FA pretty Cups. good. That's pretty good going. Mm. I, mean, I, mean, I know. Time. I know. Mourinho, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think for one manager, that, that's still that's still well, that's pretty prolific. I think. Wenger has seven. I know that. Probably two more. Yeah. yeah. Only two more, and then we go. He retired um, like six years ago or something. Seven. Seven. I was there. I was there. It was a sad day. Can't believe this. Can't believe this. Um, Jesus Christ. I know. So from from 99 to 2002, they win three titles in a row. And then Ferguson starts talking about a retirement plan. Yes. I remember this. So we'll we'll get get to that now. So he was um, talking about retiring. Um, he told MUTV that he's had several ties with the club. Um, so he said he was going to leave. He's disappointed what has happened because he was hoping something would be sorted out. It hasn't happened, and I thought it would, and that's there is to it. Um, I love that the fact there was a story going that um, he apparently chose Sven Goran Eriksson as his successor as well. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he was seen. He was seen as a like he's a bit. People laugh about Sven a bit now, but. He was seen as a very, as a top top manager at the time. At the time, he turned England round. I mean, we were looking nowhere near uh, competitive internationally, and then all of a sudden we were, you know, narrowly uh, losing to Brazil in the two thousand and two World Cup. Uh, would it have been the quarterfinals? We we it, got it was. Yeah, uh, that was the best, you know. That was the best performance of an England squad for years. I know it went steadily downhill for Ericsson, but I think that's because he was relying too much on players like your Gerrards and that. That even though he was, you know, exceptional for Liverpool, I'd never, you know, I'm not saying Gerrards a bad player, but he never seemed to turn it on for England like he did for for Liverpool somehow. 
No, yeah. he didn't. Sven, Sven, he'd had a he'd had a good time at Lazio as well. He'd won yeah. mm. a couple of some European trophies and everything like that. And so yeah, people kind of because he's a bit people he's laughed about now though, but he was he was quite highly regarded, Mister mm. Mr. Ericsson, yeah. But but luckily we didn't he didn't but, go there. No. I mean, and then we go, and then we're looking at in, in May, he brought um, Varon for 28 million and then sold Yapstam for 16. Uh, Ferguson's all, said that let, um, his biggest mistake at Man United was letting go of Yapstam. Yeah, I think he saw his ass or something. Did, did he, was it an autobiography? Yeah, Yapstam released, or there was something, some comments he made that really. Uh, pissed. I can't remember exactly what they were now, but they really pissed that Ferguson um, off, so he made so a snap decision and sold him. The comments were he said that Ferguson, it was implied that Ferguson illegally contacted him about a move before informing PSG, but P- not PSG, sorry, PSV. So he, he sold him because of that one. Um, and then there was all, t- then uh, of course, the situation, of course, gets sorted out with the board. And Alex Ferguson signs uh, a new contract at Manchester United. Um, he then, I think, in 2002, he does a rebuilding of Manchester United, the transition. He, he, he appoints Carlos uh, Quiroz as his assistant manager. Uh, and then, he, then they brought Rio Ferdinand and then Ferguson about the transfer British record and said, That's right, we have to watch to try and improve ourselves and there's nothing wrong with that. Basically, when Man United could. Just, I mean, they can do it now, but when you know, Man United would just go out and buy the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people at the time actually thought his retirement speech was because uh, he ended up resigning was like a publicity stunt to take uh, attention away from Liverpool's treble. Yeah, Liverpool won five trophies that year or something. Three. They won uh, the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the other, Europe, not the Champions League, but the other European Cup. Okay. Yeah, anyway. oh, okay. So, like, and then they were trying to say that was better treble than our treble, which is just it's ridiculous, not. but <laughs> that's just Liverpool fans for you. And then he um, came out with his retirement speech, which I don't know if it's true, but that's what a lot of people speculate that he did it to take attention away from that. Yeah. I mean, the, the 2002. Three seasons started poorly. They, they, you know, stuttering start. The worst start to a campaign in 13 years. And Ferguson put this. He, someone asked him, "Will you recognise a difficult start to the season? Is it a great change of your career?" And he just put, he just said this. I don't get paid to panic. We have, to, we have plenty of stuttering starts. My greatest challenge is not what's happening at the moment. My greatest challenge is knocking Liverpool right off their fucking perch. And you can print that. <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic response by Ferguson with that, and then uh, he lost some players to injury and Forland. He had, he had to try and come back Diego Forland and uh, with uh, Van Nistelrooy, uh, which didn't work out. And then he and then he quietly rebuilt his team. He sold. I mean, that season he sold Beckham, um, of course, after the hair dry treatment and Beckham and he had a major falling out. Um, but he brought in Tim Howard, um, two fantastic legends in Cleberson and Eric Jemba Jemba. And oh, they were. I mean, they're so good. I mean, it's they're just Hall of Famers at Old Trafford. They are. They are, aren't they? And then Great me, players of all time. Oh, they are. But then for me, he signed arguably his best player ever in Cristiano Ronaldo. Never heard of him. 
Tim Howard was a weird one because he had one really good season where you know they you know people couldn't get the ball past him and then after that he went all to cack. Uh, well, we didn't. He, we didn't keep him for long. No, it, but mean, it was really no, strange. I mean, he, his first season, he, he really was so he good. Was a top and then goalie. Yeah. He always that, was. A, he always was a top goalie. Whether he couldn't for quite Everton, did. especially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Everton, he was he was, he was incredible. Yes. Yeah, um, brilliant goalie for him. Do, do you know that? Um, do you know you saw, Do you know he has ADHD? Yeah. Oh, I, it was. Um, I, I never knew that until Tim uh, Howard. Yeah, and he had. Um, yeah. he, he had um, Tourette's as well, by all accounts. Yeah, I mean, because you'd see him start shouting at himself in the uh, when he was in goal and stuff like that, and then he'd come out and said, "Like, yeah, I, I, I suffer from this and that." But to go back to Ronaldo, do you think Cristiano Ronaldo is his greatest ever signing? Um, I still think Cantona. Yeah, I think. Probably Cantona. For, for just for Manchester, if we're just talking Manchester United, we're not looking past Manchester yeah. United because obviously, if we look at just a player in the whole career, then yes. But if we just look at Manchester United, Wayne Rooney. I, I, that's not a bad shout to us. Wayne Rooney. We look at Wayne Rooney. Is my is my yeah, Vidic, Ferdinand, as well. Tree, Severa, Michael. Yeah, I think. Was Dennis Irwin already there? No, I think he signed Irwin from Oldham. I think. I think. I think what will tarnish Ferdinand will be the the drugs ban that he had. I think that will tarnish him a little bit. Ah, you're the first person to bring it up for about ten years. The the weird thing is, the weirdest thing about that, and what I what I find unacceptable about the ban is, he got a longer ban for missing it or not turning up than people who have actually had substances found in their body. I think. God, yeah. The other thing is, there's that sprinter the other day. There's that sprinter the other day who got the same thing. He didn't turn up to several drug tests, and he's just been let off. Yeah, you didn't get anything. It's because it's, it's because it was Man United. I really do believe that <laughs> they they just love sticking it to Man United. Any chance they got? Come on, take your tinfoil hat off because you didn't follow. <laughs> you didn't follow the fucking rules. <laughs> no, he, um, he definitely no. he definitely deserved some sort. He definitely deserved um, a ban and a fine. But I, when, it's, too, it's, it's already happened. I can't think of it. He did. Yeah. But yeah. the, um, I think Ronaldo to bring it bring it back to what we're actually meant to be talking about. Um, Ronaldo's definitely the best player, as in the best footballer. Yeah, the yeah. Side. But as just a signing for Manchester United, I'd put Wayne Rooney ahead of Ronaldo as just a Manchester United signing. Because he signed a yeah. well, the, the highest ever goal scorer for Man United, the highest ever goal scorer for England, and. Um, okay. And yes, he was for, um, for now. <laughs> England was, are still going to play more matches. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't stop after Rooney. No, no, no. Cheers. I'm on about the England one. I, I, I think the Man United one. I think that that'll take a very, very special person to break yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think Harry Kane will smash. No, no. 
No, no, Jesse, Ling- no Jesse Lingard will be that man, but um, <laughs> he'll still be he'll still be young at fifty three, won't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no. but yeah, I don't I don't think Ronaldo's his best ever signing. If you just look at Manchester United, uh, so only oh. that portion of his career. Okay, no, I I, I, I think that's a slight miss, but I think I looked at it as the fact that Ronaldo is for me the best player. In the world, oh, he's the best. It's the best player he ever signed. But as I say, we're just looking at if we if yeah, we it doesn't always imagine mean the rest the best of Ronaldo's signing, does it? After Manchester United didn't, if we don't count his Real Madrid and his Juventus days, then uh, I would probably say Wayne Rooney is his best ever signing. I, I yeah, I'd, I'll go with that. It's either going to be Rooney or Cantona in it. That that for me, that it'll be those two. Um, Diego Forlan. I used to love Diego Forlan. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know why. Because he scored a couple of goals against Liverpool, perhaps. F- F- was it FIFA uh, FIFA 03? FIFA 04? One of them, oh, where nice. we had Van Nistelrooy and Forlan. Oh, those were the days. That's when FIFA was good. Van Nistelrooy was so good. He really was. Such a prolific Yeah, we, 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 really didn't, we didn't touch on Van Nistelrooy for long, but tried to sign him. He was injured. Or failed his medical, didn't he? Yeah, he failed his medical then. In a training session for PS, uh, PSV, he, uh, he injured himself, yeah. Then a year later, we signed him, anyway. Oh, but, but, oh that's who his best. That's who his best signing is. Where's Brown? That's it. <laughs> oh, Mik- Mikel Silvestri. Academy. <laughs> yeah, Mikel Silvestri. Oh, what, what, what about Mikel Silvestri? Who was... Um, Carl, you remember? Who's, what was his name? Left back. Somebody Hines. Oh, Gabriel Hines. Gabriel Hines. Yeah, he was he was really good actually. Oh, Wes Brown came for our academy. During um, I think they're playing Liverpool and they, uh, someone scored and the, the cameraman smacks him in the face and Hines just smacks the camera. <laughs> Owen Hargreaves. That's our Ferguson's best ever signing. Oh, do you know what? Joking aside, I think Owen Hargreaves, if he wasn't injured, could have been one of England's best midfielders. I mean, sorry, Canada's best midfielders. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, definitely. But he was just always injured, and he just blamed us. We went to City. And yeah, like, yeah, that was, it was the that Man United was medical staff. Like, no, it was your shit body, Owen. <laughs> um, apparently, that season when he left Man United, it was between joining us, West Brom, or joining Man City. He scored that one wonder goal for Man City, and then he was like, "Yeah, I'm back." It was Man United's fault, and then he got injured, and they released him. I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we, we we get to so we 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 get to um, 2005 six, and this is one of the another controversy on Alex Ferguson uh, when he fell out with um, uh, John Magnier. I might have. Butchered that name. Who was the owner over the ownership of the racehorse Rocket Gibraltar? Um, and then they, Magnia and JP McManus, the owners of Manchester United, uh, agreed to sell their shares to Malcolm Glazer. Um, speaking of uh, Man United fans, what's your take on the Glazers at Man United? <laughs> well, it's a difficult one because, I mean, when they first took over, they, they, they kept Fergie in charge and we, you know, we, we carried on been very successful um it's when ferguson and david gill left things started to fall off the rails a bit yeah but... honestly we were we were fine 
They left Fergie to it. They didn't, you know, they didn't interfere too much. It was more, you know, marketing and stuff and, uh, uh, you know, getting sponsorship deals and, and what yeah, have you. Yeah. Is that what they were doing? I mean, so I mean basically, you know, until, until a beautiful, until a wonderful human being called Ed Woodward came in, we were fine. Yeah. We'd spend big money, <laughs> sign big players really quickly suspiciously before that suit wearing parasite came in we would go buy a player and then we'd buy them within like yeah a it week. wouldn't take about 10 weeks <laughs> it wouldn't take like a day 70 hell, would days and 58 um, rumors I'm, I'm, I'm getting the impression you two don't like ed woodward no he's, he's a marketing he's a brilliant businessman like the amount of sponsorship deals he's got for us and everything like that we turn over record revenue blah 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 but he shouldn't be in charge of transfers because they no. seem to take him forever. How long did that Harry Maguire deal take? Yeah, yeah. And in his, and in that first season, um, when Fergie left, he did that ridiculous bid for uh, what was it like fifteen million for both Leighton Baines and Fellaini, and Everton just laughed at us, yeah. and we were a bit of a we were a bit of a laughing stock straight off the bat for for that he didn't, he didn't insult of a insult of an offer, really. David Moyes wanted Fabregas and Ed Woodward tittered about with that. And so David Moyes only ends up with Fellaini in the summer and then Matter in the January. And for, to be fair, Matter's still there and he writes a really good blog. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, that, that's what no, I think, I think the Glazers are probably, they, they probably don't do as great because apparently there's loads of stuff with debt and everything like that but then we keep turning over record revenue even yeah. without Champions League football but it, it's that it's that puppet in between that silly man who go go do sponsorships and hire someone else to be in charge of transfers hire Owen Hargreaves <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but but we get to um, so lucky when the Glazers came in they uh, Man United they of course signed uh Edwin van der Sar from Fulham. And also, uh, Park Ji Sung is uh, massively underrated for, for me. Yeah. So, he was great. He was great, actually. He was underrated. He worked so hard. He worked so hard. He wasn't just a good player, but he really put the effort in. Hated Arsenal. Probably still does. My, my favourite, uh, one, one of my favourite Man United songs is that one. Park, park, wherever you may be, you yeah. need donkey work country. <laughs> could be worse, could be skates, each of actually council house. Oh my god, when I first heard that, I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. He's, um, always save, he's always saved his best game of the season for Arsenal. Like, <laughs> he would always start against Arsenal and he would just tear him to shreds. <laughs> like, him and Drogba just really fucking hate Arsenal. <laughs> oh, Didier Drogba. Um, yeah. I love Didier Drogba. But the, the, the season that the, the season they come in, it was a, it was a transition season. Boy Keane left the club, and Man United failed, failed to qualify for the champion phase of the Champions League. But then in January they did sign Nemanja Matic, fucking hell, Nemanja Vidic, and um, Patrice Evra. And if how much? How much for? Just set. Was it, have you got these figures? I haven't. Was it like? Was it? Evra was like eight million or something like that, and yeah, Vidic was yeah. like four or something like that. Anything. I mean, when, when they bought them, everyone was like, who, who are these? Who, who are these people? We never heard of them. 
And well, the thing is, in the first game, we got absolutely trounced by City and everyone thought they weren't good enough and they did get dropped for a while. But then when they got back, reintroduced back into the team, they were like two totally different players. And um, the only the only real player that Vidic had trouble with was um, Fernando Torres. Yeah, oh, do, do you know Fernando Torres used to be good? Yeah, according to... According to him as well, Vidic, recently, he hated playing against Peter Crouch as well. So a lot of defenders like, oh, say that, though, don't they? I would, though. So, me. would you like to hear... Bear in mind the transfer market as it is now. Would you like yep. to hear how much these players cost? So yeah, Edwin van der Sar from Fulham, 3.6 million. What? Song from PSV Eidhoven, uh, 6.57 million. Patrice Evra, Monaco, 7.2 million. And yeah. Nemanja Vidic, Spartak Moscow, 9.45 million. All right. So, okay, so you wouldn't get I'd... one of them for that com- for the combined no. fee, would All you? those figures Nowadays. combined, you would get laughed off for, even for Van der Sar. I think Van der Sar, I mean, was it Van der Sar 34 or something when he joined? And everyone thought, oh, he's passed it. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, he. I always thought he'd join at a free from Fulham. I always thought he was a free transfer. I mean, the thing is, he was still good, but Buffon was coming for him at Juventus, so uh, yeah. he sort of became surplus to requirements. And Fulham had these delusions of grandeur and convinced him to join them. And then Fergie decided, because he said another one, he's, a, he's actually admitted another one of his big mistakes was um, not snapping up Van der Sar as soon as he became available from Juventus. I mean, you're looking at Van, Van, I think Van der Sar for me is, you, you may dispute this, I think he's better than Schmeichel. For, for me, I think he's, he was more... Schmeichel's, Schmeichel's more, com- he was more commanding from crosses yeah. and from corners, but Van der Sar was, he's just an unreal shot stopper. Yeah, he, he was, Van he was Sar amazing. Was just, he was, yeah, I just remember, I remember just like, um, but, oh, God, Van der Sar, I remember just seeing him first time, and he just, I think it was uh, Robert Earnshaw had a shot. It was going top corner, and any of the keeper would have had no chance, and Van der Sar just, he was effortless. Yeah. Just effortlessly palmed it over. But um, but um, back back to, to Ferguson, and then um, Ruben Van Nistelrooy was, like, you know, not nowhere near them anymore, and Ferguson was... He received a lot of criticism saying that um, he was strengthening his legacy at every turn with the players that he was losing, the players he was buying. I'm thinking, oh, he would go, Ferguson's, uh, Ferguson's going to go. And then in 2006, they signed Michael Carrick uh, to replace Roy Keane. Uh, Michael Carrick, um, £18 million he cost. Not according to this. According to this, he cost 24.48. Uh, no, no. Uh, this? Uh, it was Roy Keane, sorry, Michael Carrick was signed to take Roy Keane's place in the team for a fee that eventually rose to 18 million. Our transfer market is lying to me. You do get yeah. different um, reports of transfer fees, so it depends yeah, on where you go, to be fair. That's a weird one. Um, and then in, in November, 2000, uh, November 2006, celebrated his 20th anniversary of, of Man United, he got a tribute from Wenger and Roy Keane praised Alex Ferguson. Oh, well, that must be bullshit. Um, <laughs> um, but 
But then the, his party that it was spoiled, they lost to Southend in the fourth round of the League Cup. Uh, and then in December, he signs Henrik Larsson on loan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was an inspired signing. That was an inspired signing, that was. I love Henrik I love Henrik Larsson. <laughs> um, so against my against Aston Villa, it was his two thousand. Um, so against Aston Villa, um, in t- t- December two thousand six, um, the two thousandth goal under Ferguson was scored. Do you know who it was scored by? No. Oh, I did see this, but I can't remember now. Do you want to hazard a guess? Was it Ronaldo? It was Ronaldo. Oh, I remembered oh, correctly. Yeah. Well done, Carl. Um, and then so Man United, of course, won their ninth Premier League title, but they were denied the double by Didier Drogba, the king of Wembley. Um, <laughs> he, he's, let's be honest, he's the king of Wembley. Um, and then they signed, 2007-8, they signed Hargreaves, Nani and Anderson and Tevez on loan. Carlos Tevez, he was a, he was a, he was a, um, a weird one, weren't he? Yeah, he could never, never seem to settle at a club, could he, somehow? He, it, it was very, very strange. Yeah, he made, strange guy. He made, he managed to piss off everybody. That was the thing. And then when he went to Man City, and then Man City had the banner say "Welcome to Manchester." <laughs> that was pretty funny. But then, yeah, and then so, he pissed them about to go to the event. Refused to play for him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was a Champions League. He refused to come in against Bayern Munich or something like that. And then he didn't play for six months. And then, and then turns up. But um, so then. Alex Ferguson is known for his. Uh, how, how, I'm going to put this in a nice way of his criticisms about referees. Yeah, a little and bit. It was like, yeah, he, he got when they lost to Portsmouth in the uh, FA Cup. He was a. Uh, he, he said that the, the referee wasn't doing his job properly. He was charged by the uh, the FA. He, imagine how many fines the FA received from uh, Alex Ferguson. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. They probably had to cut their budget after he retired. Yeah, I think I think a lot. I think a lot of it was to deflect away from the defeats. To be honest, I hear yeah. he would just basically what he would do is it's the same thing that Mourinho yeah. used to do is he would cause some controversy or say something so the back pages were never about his players; they were about him. So it wouldn't say like, "Oh, Nanny had a shit game." It would be like, oh, Ferguson said the referee's bad. Yeah. And that's yeah. why they do it. It's to take the flack off the players. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, but, like, Ferguson was the king of it. I mean, you look at it. Um, I mean, this season, of course, they won their 10th Premier League title. Uh, it was 25 years to the day that he led Aberdeen to their European tro- trophy against the Real Madrid. Um, but then in 2008, they won... The second Champions League, something that Ferguson said was impossible to do uh, only seven years before. Um, I watched his final live. It was uh, it wasn't the best of finals. I think we we can agree to say that. Oh, no, scared of each other's attack, weren't they? Yeah, I mean yeah. we had a we had a good first half and took a uh, took a lead. They managed to claw one back through Lampard, and there were chances. The second half went a bit. Flat, but there were both teams had a um, couple of chances. But again, you know, we did it the hard way. 
bloody Ronaldo yeah. missing that penalty. And when John Terry stepped up to take what could have been the winning penalty, I thought, oh, that's it. When I wanted to turn the TV off and just forget about <laughs> it. I thought, you know, Terry's never going to miss Mr. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're looking at it. I mean, Drogba got sent off that little that little slap at uh, Vidic. Um, and then... Um, yeah, it was just a. It was a. I mean, the weather didn't help. It was pissing down the rain. Uh, but um, for me, this was the season that Ronaldo just came into his own, though, weren't it? I mean, Ronaldo was. Yeah, he scored 40 odd goals or something. Oh, it was goals, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was I unbelievable. Mean, again, they, they won another league title and then they win the, the world title as well. Um, I mean, look, he, he won 11 Premier League titles by this point and then. Another league cup he won. You know the thing though, every year since the Premier League, he won a trophy. He was just incredible. He was relentless in the. Uh, it was relentless in what he won. Can, I mean, yeah, it's wicked. I mean, and then in his last season, it took the 2012-13 season, he guided them to their the 20th title. Um, for me, one of his most important signings was Robbie Van Persie. You I think. Yeah, with, with yeah. I think, I think I think I think without Van Persie, I don't think United would have won the league. I mean, the season before, they lost to no, uh, they, they, they lost to City on goal difference. I mean, for me, the, the greatest climax to a, a Premier League season was when uh, I can hear un- now. Oh, it was unbelievable like, that last that last um, yeah. that last day. Like it was just unreal. Did you did, did you two think you won the title? No, I no. had. Friends texting me saying, oh, you've gone and won it again. But I was texting them back just as Aguero scored yeah. uh, the equaliser, I think it was. Like, yeah, their game, it's not over yet. Their game's still going. When I saw Joey Barton like, kicking off and everything, I remember watching yeah. it all and just being like, no, nah, they're going to get it. And I think had QPR and Joey Barton kept their call, then we probably would have done. But they were just yeah. such a... I like, don't know. Because they held, about QPR in the Premier League, the better. They held on really well. I don't know if it would have made much difference. They just, you know, they scored two really good goals, didn't they, to clinch it? I'm not sure. I mean, it yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, was quali- it was quality passes and quality goals, but QPR just lost their heads as well, didn't they? They were just real I mean, angry. You, you don't, I mean, I still get goosebumps when I hear Martin Tyler just shout Aguero. Yeah. Aguero! I, have, I, I still have um, TST over that. TST. <laughs> Post traumatic, whatever it is. PTSD. That's it. He's got it so um, badly he can't say it. I know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, Man United, of course, won their 20th title. Um, I know that they don't. Let's not forget. Let's, let's not forget. Let's not forget. This was a season that we signed Nick Powell. No, Nick, wow. The legend oh. that never would be. Oh, he yeah, scored he, that he one. Ne- I mean, he, when he came on, the few times he's come on, he looked really awesome, but it just never happened for him, did it? Never, never forget Champions League. I think we needed to win. This was under LVG. And Juan Mata walks off the pitch to be replaced by Nick Powell to make his first appearance for like three years. <laughs> I was just sat there like, I think I'm dreaming. Like, <laughs> like 
what an occasion to call upon a permanently injured good midfielder in the Champions League. And oh, it's just a weirdest sub. There's been some weird substitutions, but I think that was, was Chelsea. It's <laughs> I think there was one. I think the weirdest one I'll see is Josh McKethrin played for Chelsea in the Champions League. I hadn't played a league game. I hadn't played anything. And he just comes out of the Champions League game. And I'm going, what the fuck is this? And then Ryan Bertrand started in the final against Chel- against Bayern Munich. Oh, when they had like no players, basically. Yeah, so he, he had, had the, ga- he he had had the play- game of his life. He had the right? game of his Isn't life, he? yeah. I don't think he's ever played better still. He's stuck on <laughs> he the left wing. <laughs> oh, I mean, But that, that game is always remembered for John Terry turning turn up in full kit when he was suspended. Yeah, what you get, you would get rinsed at the pub if you turned up in a full kit. Like if you just turn up in full kit to watch your oh, team. Yeah. Never mind not playing in a match and walking on a pitch. And it was but... an unbelievable. It was that foul on that Barcelona player, didn't? Wasn't it? Um, yeah. It was Busquets. And, he, and he, he, tra- and he tried to lie. Ab- he tried to lie about it in an interview. Uh, as a, he's he's trying to explain to um, an interviewer. Um, about what happened, and they're replaying it at the same time. And what he's saying is nothing like what you're watching in this replay. <laughs> he tried to lie about it. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Did, did, did you see the? Um, sorry, did, did you see the one the other? Uh, I think it was the the north of the derby where um, Jeff Shreves brings up Harry Kane and says, "Did you dive?" And then he shows him me diving. Harry Kane said, "Nah, I didn't dive." <laughs> he's not going to admit it, is he? I hate when they do things like that. Because why? One thing I will say in defence of players is, if you're going to show them the replay, why ask them the question? Yeah, exactly. Like if you don't show them the replay, go, yeah, it looks like you dived here. Like what? You're just, you're literally just trying to, you're trying to get them to say something to put on a back page at that point. You don't basically. They're they're just fishing for headlines, aren't they? You're stitching people up. Like it'd be like if I replayed part of this podcast. Went, Cole, did you say this this dumb shit? (laughs) <laughs> no, no. And then play the dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's every podcast, back, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah. this was the um, when, when he won his twentieth title. Uh, it, it was in that he, he announced he was retiring. What was your reaction to retiring? What when he announced that he was going? Devastated. I didn't want to believe. I actually went into denial. I didn't want to believe it. I was ringing and texting all my friends. I was putting the radio. <laughs> I was putting the radio on and waiting because I was at the news. I was at work. I was putting the radio on, waiting for the news. I just thought, this, you know, what? they've got, you know, they've got it wrong. It can't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carl had an existential crisis. I did. Nathan, what, Nathan, what, what was yours? <laughs> I don't really remember. Where I don't really remember where I was or anything, so um, I can't say if I was sad or not. Uh, I, I, I remember I wanna... seeing him do the speech. I vaguely remember him doing a speech, be like, "Get behind the new manager," and then you know, Edward Wood might well. Well, Edward Wood might well walked out, mightn't he? It's been like, um, it's all right, guys, I've got this. Yeah, <laughs> got my checkbook. It's got no checks in it. But... You're looking though. He he was just. I, I, for me, he were when I when I saw he was retiring, I was just there going, "Oh, it's gonna be weird not seeing Alex Ferguson anymore." Yeah, I think that's like, the main thing. I think that's the same when Ven- I heard Wenger was going. I was just like, "Oh, that's gonna be weird." Like, yeah, it's just like um, if, it's like if anyone retires or leaves the club. It's like when 
Robin Van Persie announced he was retiring last year. And I was like, he hadn't even been playing in any games I've watched for years. But I was still like, yeah. oh, that's going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what it was. Old, it, I mean, uh, it's it's horrible seeing players that I grew up watching, like uh, Frank Lampard being a manager. It's horrible. Here's a here's a fun question for you guys: If yep. Sir if um, Sir Alex Ferguson was manager, and Jesse Lingard scored a goal and then dabbed, do you think Jesse Lingard would ever play for Manchester United again? No, nope. <laughs> no. no. I, I've heard the. Um, have you seen David Beckham on Graham Norton, where Graham Norton shows him all his haircuts? Yes. No. I so, uh, oh, he showed yeah, him the one where he had the he had the he had the really short mohawk, and yeah. they and he said it, they were playing a game at Wembley, and he was wearing a hat because Fergie hadn't seen it yet, <laughs> and then Fergie walked into the dressing room. He told him to go out. Beckham took his hat off, and Fergie would not let him leave the changing room until he went and shaved it off. And yeah. so, so Dave Beckham said he had to go into the toilet, use a sink. And shave it off just with a razor, like a handheld razor. <laughs> because otherwise, Fergie wouldn't let him play. I mean, you look at it. You look at it. Image was everything with Ferguson. You look at it. All of them were pretty proper in the suits. Oh, that's what he said you it know, was. Yeah, he said it was image. Yeah. They were at Wembley. That's why he made him do it. You, ne- you never saw a Man United player in a tracksuit. They was always wearing the suits, weren't they? Um, yeah. I mean, it's all changed. He can't. He wouldn't yeah. be able to. That's the other thing to get to, because we kind of finished. You wouldn't get a Fergie star manager now because everything's too. Everyone's so busy complaining to their agents, or yeah. they've all got different sort of boot deals or image deals, so they have to wear certain things. So you can't really have that old. You wouldn't get Fergie not letting a player go out unless they go change their haircut. No. It's me, never, never going to happen again. Talk about can you imagine Paul Pogba turning up with like blue hair and Ferguson just looking at him? He would hate Paul. I think he would have sold Paul Pogba. Well, he did, didn't he? he didn't like him. He sold him, yeah. He sold, sold him to Juventus. No, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this yeah. Paul. I know he sold him because originally he Paul wanted more first team football or something. And then Fergie was like, "We're not getting it." So, yeah. but no, I think if he was the manager now and then they bought Paul Pogba back, he would he would already be gone. I don't think he'd have bought him back, to be honest. So. Yeah. So the, we, we've covered the, 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 the well a, a little portion of the career of Alex Ferguson. Um, in your eyes, Carl, I'll start with you and then Nathan. Where is he? Is he the greatest manager of all time? Would you say that? Yes or no? Uh, he's definitely in the conversation. Uh, to me, he is. Yeah, to me, he is. Some people might say uh, Shankly um, and other. The and the bug the guy he replaced. I always forget the other one. Who was at the but they won a lot. But some yeah. people might say those two. But for me, it's Ferguson. Nathan, uh, he he easily is in my lifetime. I don't think anyone's come close when we're looking at entire career. I mean, once uh, Pep and Mourinho and I guess Klopp is slowly climbing into that range once they're done. Maybe we can look at look at their whole careers and compare, but just as people that have been and gone, yeah, I think in my lifetime certainly. But uh, everyone will have their opinion, and it's slightly biased being a Manchester United fan. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I'd say so. 
Yeah, for, for me, for look me, at what he did. Do. We've we've talked about Manchester United. Look at what he did at Aberdeen as well. He's been successful. And, and, and everywhere he's been. And St Mirren, winning the, the his first title with St Mirren. I mean, you look at it. He's he's the he's the joint most decorated manager in European football competitions. He's got seven European football competition wins. Every record he shares with Trapattoni and Ancelotti. I mean, Ancelotti is one of the greatest as well. Um, 13, 13 English, 13 top division titles in England. Uh, the first manager in, in the history of the English league to win three consecutive league titles. He did that twice. I mean, uh, you know, you could throw in the conversation, it wasn't in my lifetime, but Brian Clough? Yeah, Brian Clough, yeah. He's, uh, oh, I'd love to see Alex Ferguson versus Brian Clough. <laughs> I just want to read the quotes. I love the Brian Clough thing. I can't from Dennis word for word, but when he said, am I the greatest manager in the world? I don't know, but I'm certainly in the top one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's something um, like that. <laughs> do, do, do you know how, do you know how we... Um... We, I know it's just Alec Ferguson there, but we'll, we'll talk about Brian Clough. You know how we recommended Rush last week? Yes, that's yeah. the film. Re- recommend, recommend watching the Damien United. That's well, a good film. Yeah. It's a good it film, yeah. What, what, one of the best football films I've ever watched is the Damien United. But guys, um, I think we should wrap up there. I think uh, a thank you, thank you to, to you both for joining me. Um, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good, but as always, guys, check check us out at Rogue Underscore Opinion on the Twitter. Yeah. And, um, where can we find you, Nathan? You can find me at Nathan Greenaway. Carl, you'll find me at Carlos Underscore Fire eighty nine, and you'll find me on Twitter at rsaunders nine nine five. No, and on Instagram at rsaunders nine. Um, 9495 because I'm, I'm weird like that yeah guys thank you for listening and I hope you tune in for next week where we're going to cover Johan Cruyff uh, I think a fantastic uh, player manager in Kern a great one to do for the next one yeah, yeah definitely. thank you guys yeah, cool. right, thank bye. you bye. it's a sharing up. Winners of the FA Cup, everything they're